0: Though Christmas is obviously tomorrow, anybody, anybody surprised by the fact that Christmas is tomorrow? I, I hope, okay, one person, two people, I, I, it feels like it came in a rush. It feels like it came all of a sudden, to me at least. I, I just blinked yesterday, felt like it was Thanksgiving. And, but it's not really a surprise to anybody here that Christmas is tomorrow. Not really, we know on the calendar every year it's the 25th of December. But, but Christmas is actually surprising. You know, we, we sometimes become really familiar with Christmas. You get in the routine of things. You just kind of rush into it blindly. And you forget just how surprising what we celebrate really is. What we celebrate every Christmas is actually shocking. It's surprising. What we celebrate is truly surprising because, get this, God decided to rescue humanity, to, to send a rescue mission to save humanity through a baby now if anybody doesn't think that's strange I want you to just picture for a moment your favorite action movie where you have a hero and he goes to rescue someone and picture that someone being a baby that'd be a little strange but God surprisingly sent his rescue mission was a baby and that's surprising and most of us kind of become immune to that but it's surprising because if you look around here, there's a lot of babies in the room, right? There's a whole lot of babies. There's actually a baby up on stage with his mom singing this morning. The baby was dependent, hanging there. It was needy because that's what babies are. Babies are frail. They're fragile. They're needy. They, they can't do for themselves. They can't feed for themselves. They can't care for themselves. They're fragile. They're weak. They're small, vulnerable, unable. And isn't that a picture of really all of us? But it's surprising that he would send his son to earth as a baby. And you have to wonder, why did God do that? Why did he choose to send his son to earth as a baby? And first you need to understand that, that it was necessary for his son, for the rescue mission to be carried out, for someone to take the place of humanity. In order to take the place of humanity, someone had to live fully the entire life as a human. And so Jesus, God's son, needed to come as a baby. He needed to come as a baby so he could truly identify with each and every person here, but each and every person on the planet, and experience everything that humanity experienced, and that's surprising. Because why would God put anybody through that, you wonder? Earlier in Luke 1, we read this morning, where the angel came and he announced to Mary that she was favored by God. She had received the grace of God and that she would conceive and she would have a baby. And... That the baby would be called Jesus and and the Lord would give him the throne of his father David. He would be the son of the most high. And he would save his people from their sins and of his kingdom there would be no end. But Mary was a little surprised. Can you imagine Mary's surprise as she's hearing these things? She's overjoyed. She's probably read the Old Testament scriptures time and time again. She knows about the prophecies about the Messiah coming. But she's wondering, hey, hang on a minute. There's something a little surprising here. I'm a virgin. That's surprising. What we celebrate in Christmas time, it's truly surprising. But let's look at how in historical count in Luke. In Luke 1 34, if you have a Bible, you can open to it. If not, you can just listen along with me. Mary hears this great news and she responds in faith, but she's a little surprised. She says, and Mary said to the angel, How will this be? Um, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Talk about a surprise. I I know that Mary did not see that coming. And it's a surprising fact that we celebrate each Christmas is that Jesus came as a baby to a virgin. How surprising is that? Let's not become familiar with the incredible, astounding miracle that transpired so long ago. But why else was God, was Jesus born of God through a virgin? Why did that transpire? Why did he do it that way? Why did Jesus surprise us by being born to a virgin? Why did it happen that way? You see, God planned to rescue humanity from their sins. And in order to do that, Someone had to be sinless. Because all of humanity was corrupted by sin, there was no one sinless. And so God himself had to come down and become a man and be born to a virgin so that Jesus would be born sinless. The problem is that the price of sin is death. The rescue mission that Jesus came to to rescue us from was sin. The, The problem is that the price of all sin, the Bible tells us the price for all sin is death. And the price for sins against an infinite God is infinite, eternal death. Think about it for a moment if, and I've done this many times, time and time again, I'm a serial bug killer. I know this sounds terrible, but... Um, You know, there's lots of bugs. If a bug bites me or stings me, if a mosquito lands on me and stings me, I instinctively, you know, what do you do? You smack it, right? You you kill the mosquito. And nobody should give you grief for killing the mosquito that stung you or swatting at the fire ant, those little nagging things we have here in the South, and and killing a fire ant for biting you. There's, There's nothing wrong with that because the fire ant is of so much less value than you are. And you are such greater value, and so easily the offense is death, and you don't think twice about it. And nobody punishes you for killing an, an ant, or at least nobody should punish you for killing an ant. It's of lesser value. But you know, even if something as valuable, and people love their pets. Some people love cats. I I, I understand that. It's true, not personally, but I can understand that remotely. And some people, you know, if you have a cat or a dog that, that well, maybe a dog that bit a human, and that maybe even attacked a child the law would probably call for that adult to be put i mean for that that, sorry for that dog to be put down (laughs) not the adults that's the wrong thing probably call for the dog to be put down since humans are of so much more value even than dogs so in comparison though to god we are just mere mortal frail human beings and God is infinite and holy and righteous and just eternal he is of far greater value than us and in order for justice to be served the penalty for anyone who sins must be equal to the worth of the one who is sinned against and so the penalty for humanity is that the sin must be paid for by an infinite one And so Jesus had to be born to a virgin. The Son of God had to come and be fully man, but yet fully God, infinite in worth and value to pay for the sins of mankind. He had to also be free from any taint of sin. And so the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary and she becomes pregnant with Jesus. Talk about a surprise. And what a surprise it was for Joseph too, right? Joseph was shocked. And, and this, this other unexpected detail of Christmas is the circumstances that, jo- that, that Jesus was born into. You know, if I was going to send someone as a rescuer to save all of mankind, I might have done it differently because I don't know better you know, I would have wanted to set him up with every possible advantage. If I was sending a rescuer, sending somebody on a rescue mission to save somebody else, I would have given him every possible advantage. I would have set him up in a great family. I would have put him in a great home. I might have given him a wealthy family that was powerful, that had influence, that was able to, you know, kind of reach a lot of people, that people would listen to automatically, at least would have put him in a house where his parents weren't poor. Because after all, who wants to be born in poverty? And see, God, the creator of all, he was able to control those things. And yet God did not send Jesus to a wealthy family. He sends and places Jesus in Mary, who was not wealthy at all. And their circumstances actually probably got worse because of that. That's surprising. That's surprising. Think about the relationship that Jesus came into and the parents that would raise Jesus. Right off the bat, Joseph is a little surprised. And he's a good guy, and he says, I'll put, I'll put Mary away quietly, I'll send her away, and I'll just break things off. You know, we're not going to finalize this marriage They were betrothed. It was somewhere in between being engaged and married. And he says, I'm, I'm going to send her away, but something happens to him, which we were not really surprised by. Because you're thinking, well, if God's going to send his son, then surely he would tell the, de- the, the one who's going to raise him what was going on. And so we read in Matthew 1, you can turn your Bibles there if you want, or just listen along. It says about Joseph, As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. And when you read this story, you kind of expect Joseph to be told by God that this is what's going on, so that Joseph won't send Mary away. You expect that... But what you don't expect, and if you, if you were reading it fresh the first time, what you would wonder is, why didn't God just tell everybody that Jesus had arrived? Why didn't God send an angel to the whole world? Myriads of angels, the whole world surprised, to say, hey, by the way, I've sent a rescuer for all of you, and he is here, and he's in a manger, and he's born to Mary and Joseph, but he didn't do that, and that's surprising. His arrival was quiet in one sense, can you imagine as well how Mary and Joseph must have been treated because the angel didn't appear to Mary's family? Imagine that, you're a virgin, you become pregnant, and you're like, but really, mom, dad? Really, it's, it's the son of God. I think there might be a little raised eyebrows there, no matter how wonderful of a girl she was. And Joseph's like, no, no, really, my fiance, I, I promise, it's the son of God. That would have been a little surprising to Joseph's family. And so we read the account of how this baby is born into surprising circumstances. And Luke tells us some other surprising details about where he's born. In Luke 2 and verse 6, it talks about how they were going down. they had already been sent down to Bethlehem. God had moved on Caesar Augustus to cause him to have a census, and so everyone was sent to their hometown to register where their family was from. and, And so Mary and Joseph, in fulfillment of prophecy, God moves all of the western world just to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem to fulfill prophecy. And then in Luke 2, 6, it says, And when, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. And laid him in a manger. Because there is no place for them in the inn. It's surprising just where Jesus was born. If you were sending a rescuer, you probably wouldn't do it as a baby. You probably wouldn't send him through a virgin. You probably would tell the whole world. You probably wouldn't make life more difficult on them. You might not... Send them to a place that was not noble, but lowly. And yet that's just what God did. God sends Jesus to be born in a place where there was no room for him. Now it doesn't necessarily, contrary to, and I hope I don't like blow apart all of your fairy tale ideas about Christmas, it probably wasn't, it may have been, but it probably wasn't in this manger scene that we all have in our minds most likely he, when it says they were, there's no room for them in the end, that, the word for end, it, it just means guest room typically. And so the, the guest room was a place in, in, in peasants' homes. in that time, there was typically two-story peasant homes, and they were built so that the first story was where the animals would be brought in at night so that they wouldn't succumb to wild animals, that so they wouldn't be stolen, and so the animals would often be brought into the first floor, and that's where the animals would be kept, and then the, the, the kind of where they would prepare things for food and, and serve would be downstairs and, and, the, and the place where people would live would be upstairs typically and there typically would typically be a guest room upstairs or a room that somebody would give up probably like most of you do when guests come to visit you you'd give up a room and that's where your guests would stay but for some reason and this is surprising pregnant Mary there was no room for her in the guest room and that's a little surprising now, we don't, we don't have these apocryphal tales of, of people angrily turning them away or anything like that, but it at least leads you to wonder why. It's a surprising circumstance that they were come to, that Jesus was born into, that his mom and dad wouldn't have a room or a place, that, that God would not move on somebody's heart, because it says that the king's heart is in god's hands and he can move it like a a water course he can move it wherever he wants and yet god didn't move on anybody's heart to cause them to just even ask hey by the way oh we see this woman can we give her a room in our home to stay and give birth that didn't happen that's a little surprising why did god do that and then not only is it unexpected that there was no room you can imagine. That if somebody shows up on your door, maybe you think, okay, I'm not, right. I'm not really going to give up my place for them. But when that young girl goes into labor, I'm guessing someone in the house would have thought, you know what, I'll give up my space for her. Or at least they should have, but it didn't happen. That's uh, surprising. And then what else is surprising, it says, not that it was wrapped in swaddling claws. That actually would have been typical for the time. Um, much like we wrap babies up and swaddle them today. Swaddling claws would have been a very typical way to anoint a baby and wrap them up and prepare them. But what was atypical was that he was laid in a manger. And that was a detail. When the angels announced it to the shepherds, it was very unusual that it be laid in a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals, which really speaks to the baby was born somewhere close to where the animals were probably like I said in that first floor home alongside the animals at night when they were brought in and then this baby was laid in a manger it's surprising because the baby started off life in a difficult circumstance in a difficult home vulnerable weak frail poor but also started off in a kind of a a dirty setting. That's surprising. Who would send a rescuer that way? And why? You have to wonder why. Why did God do that? Another unexpected aspect in the whole accounts about Jesus is that God didn't send angels to announce to the rich and the famous in Bethlehem and Jerusalem or the whole countryside around it. If you've ever read the story, the historical account about Jesus, God sends angels to out into the field to announce to shepherds who were lowly who were blue collar workers they weren't, they weren't glorious they weren't well known in society they weren't influential and that's surprising they weren't they weren't great men they were probably peasant men who smelled like the animals they watched later on in Matthew we read that Jesus actually never was well off that's surprising not only he began poor he ended poor in Matthew eight twenty, Jesus is speaking of himself and he says, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests. So even foxes have holes and even the birds of the air, God provides for them, they have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What he's saying is God provides a place for a fox to go. God provides a place for birds to nest. But God intentionally, intentionally did not provide a place, a permanent place. Obviously he had a place to, to live, to stay. But he didn't have a home of his own. He was poor. Why is that? Why would you do that? Why would you send a rescuer like that? It's surprising. What also surprising is that Jesus came to the poor and oppressed. Everyone will tell you if you want to make changes in the world, if you want to affect change, if you want to influence a lot of people, you go to the influential, right? You go to the powerful, the people who can change things, who can do things, who can make things happen, the people with money and power, influence. You go to those kinds of people. And yet that's not the kinds of people that Jesus came to. The surprising thing that we celebrate at Christmas is, not only did Jesus come as a baby, was he born to a virgin, born into terrible circumstances, not only was he poor, but he came to the poor and oppressed. And he preached to the poor. In Luke four eighteen. Jesus, in one of his very first public messages after he was anointed, he stands up in the synagogue and he reads a scroll of Isaiah about himself. And he says, this is fulfilled about me after he sits down. But the, the scroll that he read, he says in Luke four eighteen, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And get this, here's a surprising thing. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Isn't that surprising? To the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus surprisingly came to, not the influential or rich, but to the poor, to the captive, to the oppressed. Who does that? He identified with the suffering of humanity personally. In his life, he suffered But we know that Jesus didn't come just to live, he came to die. He came to ultimately identify with the poor, oppressed, with the captives. He came to identify with those who are suffering. He came to identify with those who are sick and needy and frail and wounded. Jesus came to those who were sick. He told the Pharisees when they were wondering, why do you eat with sinners and tax collectors, those greedy people who steal from others? Why do you do that? Because it's surprising that the Messiah would do that. It surprised them and it should surprise us that Jesus would go to sinners and people who were greedy and thieves. And Jesus gave him an answer. He says, I didn't come to those who were well, but I came to those who were sick and in need of a physician. In Jesus' life, he suffered ultimately. And what is unexpected about Jesus, what's surprising about Jesus, is that he gave up everything to rescue those who had placed their faith in him. Later on, in in, in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, we read that it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's why God sent Jesus in a surprising way as a baby, so that Jesus would give up all the riches of the infinite one, of being eternal, all-powerful, he would subjugate himself to this frail human flesh. He would give up those riches. He would give up the riches of being with God. He would give up the riches of perfect communion and fellowship and relationship with God. Why? So that by him giving up those riches, you might become rich in him. It's surprising that Jesus became poor, but he became poor so that you might be rich. Now, I'm not talking about earthly riches. I'm talking about great riches that last forever. He gave up the riches of being with God in heaven so that we might know the riches of being with God and knowing him ourselves. He gave up his life ultimately to fulfill the great rescue mission he was on. He was born to die. He lived a perfect life and he died in place of sinful humanity. That is surprising. He gave up everything so we could have all the riches of being restored to right relationship with God. That's surprising. If you created a race it's doubtful that you would want to subjugate yourself to rescue them and yet that's exactly what Jesus did and it was always God's plan from the very beginning to send his son so that he might be punished for us he might become ultimately poor impoverished punished for us that we might become ultimately rich and receive life in him and the good news is that Jesus didn't just come to die for us. He came to be resurrected for us. And his resurrection proved something. It proved that his sacrifice was perfectly acceptable to God because if the penalty for sin against an infinite, eternal God it was eternal death, and only an infinite one could pay, only an eternal one could pay, then Jesus, if he was not the perfect sacrifice, would not have ever risen again. And yet, because he fully satisfied God's wrath, he was resurrected proving that his sacrifice was sufficient. And Jesus was raised to life, proving the penalty of death for sins was paid for good. Jesus came as a baby to rescue humanity by calling humanity to repent, to believe in him, to put our faith, our trust in him. You know, so many many things about this story are completely surprising. Don't let Christmas be normal to you. Don't let it be average. Let Christmas surprise you. The world discards things that are lesser. People overlook and discard those who are poor and lesser. But the surprising thing is Jesus doesn't do that. He comes to us. The world overlooks the weak and relegates them to the sidelines. Jesus comes to the weak. The world thinks less of the oppressed and the captives, and Jesus comes to the oppressed and the captives. Jesus didn't ignore the lost, the lame, the blind. He came to rescue the lost, the lame, and the blind. And he came to rescue all of us who were lost in our sins, lost without God, have no purpose on our own, can't figure life out, don't know what life is all about, and Jesus came to rescue you and me. He preached to people who didn't deserve it. He preached to greedy tax collectors, to sinners, to prostitutes. He preached to the people that we look down on. That's surprising. And yet, he calls those who were guilty of the worst sins to repentance and says, I want to forgive you. Repent and believe for the forgiveness of sins. If you're not a Christian this morning, don't wait to make up your mind about what you will do with the surprising news of Jesus. Whether or not you'll respond. Jesus needed to come on this rescue mission. God needed to send Jesus on a rescue mission because we needed saving from our sins. The Bible tells us that all those who are in sin will pay for their sins at death eternally. They'll be eternally separated from God And that's what we face if we don't trust in him. But God surprisingly invites everyone who believes in him. Not only to repent of your sins and to trust in his birth and his life and his death and his resurrection. But he invites you to receive all the riches of Christ. Though he became poor. It was for us that we might have his riches. You can be saved by Jesus today if you respond. If so, along with other Christians here, you can enjoy all the riches of Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to have the ushers go ahead and come forward now, begin to pass out the juice and the bread for communion. Communion is a time where we remember what Jesus has done. Guys, you can just go ahead and start passing out right away. Thank you. It's a time where we remember what Jesus has done for us. It's appropriate that on this Christmas Eve, we remember why Jesus came. We remember the surprising details of his coming. We remember how surprising it is or should be to us that he was born into circumstances that were humble. He was born into difficulty. He was born into trial. He was born into suffering. He was born into poverty. you placed your faith in Jesus, even if you just did a moment ago, we'd invite you to join with us and have the ushers, as they're making their way around, we'd ask you to take the juice and the wine, the, the, and the bread, and, and this morning, I, I want to speak to everybody here, maybe you are feeling like no one can relate to you, maybe you are feeling alone or oppressed, maybe you're feeling poor or impoverished, maybe you're feeling like you've been marginalized maybe you're weak maybe you are feeling fragile vulnerable maybe you are feeling betrayed and abandoned maybe you're struggling in life in some way maybe you're hurting this christmas time because of broken relationships What we are celebrating, the surprising thing we're celebrating this Christmas is that in every way, Jesus can identify with you. And he comes to you in your hurting, in your loneliness, in your suffering, in your struggles, in your trials, in your difficulties. And he comes to rescue you and bring you to God. He can relate to us in every way, no matter where you find yourself in life. No matter how far gone you think you are, no matter how bad you think you've been, no matter how distant you are from God, Jesus came to rescue you. And from the very beginning, Jesus came to identify with those who are frail and weak and poor and needy. The good news is, if you are needy like everybody here, we can receive of him afresh this morning. Jesus was abused, he was mistreated, he was mocked and rejected for you. He was despised and ridiculed, ostracized and abandoned. He was oppressed to set you free. He endured hostility to give you peace with God. He willingly suffered and died to give you his life. And he did all of this to rescue you. And that's surprising. And the surprising thing is that the Bible tells us if you place your faith in Jesus, that can never be taken away from you. So let's, together, take the, the gluten-free wafer, whoops, that we have here, that I threw up in the air. It's okay, the five-second rule still applies to pastors, too. If you will take this wafer, I want you to remember the life of Jesus, the surprising detail of what he came to do. The surprising details that he was born as a baby And he came to relate to all those who were marginalized, mistreated, lost, weak, frail, humble, poor, needy. And that he lived his life perfectly to identify with you. So let's take the, the bread together. Jesus, thank you that you we born as a baby and you gave your entire life all the way to the end when you gave your life and died for us. And you did that so we might have new life in you. God, right now we remember where our hope for new life is in you. Amen. Now we have some juice and I'll try not to drop this on the ground because that's a little harder to pick up. But this juice represents something. It represents... That Jesus not only gave his life, but he gave his life fully to the very end. And it represents his blood. That it's very graphic. We needed to be rescued. We needed someone to die for us. We needed the perfect one to come and die. And that's just what Jesus did. And so what we're remembering and trusting in is that God accepted the sacrifice of Jesus' blood on our behalf and it's of his sacrifice, of his poverty, of his humbling that we drink and we put our faith in, we put our trust in to be forgiven and have life in him. Let's drink the juice together. Father, thank you for sending your son on a surprising rescue mission. Jesus, thank you for coming and humbling yourself for taking our place. Jesus, thank you for dying for us, that there was no other way that we could be rescued but the surprising way that you did it. And thank you, God, that you say that you will save all those who come to you. So Father, I pray that we would all place our faith and our hope in you afresh this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together a final song appropriately we're going to be singing "O come all you faithful and as you're standing if you want to pass your cups to the center aisle that would be great we're going to be singing a song here and i would encourage you as we close with this song we want to declare our faith in him and praise him singing of his faithfulness to us to come and rescue us amen Mm-hmm. to God of hope fill you with all joy and peace
1: as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power.